ChatGPT is changing the landscape of digital marketing. It's changing content marketing overall. But there are a lot of questions, should I or shouldn't I? What are the impacts possibly from an SEO standpoint? What does Google think about ChatGPT? How does it impact my social media performance? How do I use the tool? Yes, we'll talk about how to use the tool today, but also should you use the tool and in what capacity? This is a pivotal conversation for content marketers. And so welcome to This Week in Marketing, where today we will take this conversation head on and I am joined by one of my all-time favorite digital marketers, an influencer with Facebook, Google, Yahoo, paid, organic, all things marketing, Dennis Yu. Dennis, thanks so much for joining. How are you today? Man, I'm feeling great, Jason, after that intro. <laughs> it's all true. You're the man. Uh, so I was talking with Tom's team about ChatGPT, and we've been training a lot in our ecosystem about how do you use ChatGPT to assist you in your content marketing. And so my hope today is to go there, talk about how to use the tool, but also there's a lot of people scratching their heads and asking questions about, well, are there ramifications for using the tool? If it's blogging for me, essentially, if I'm mm -hmm. using it with indexed pages on Google, what's, what does that look like now and going forward? And so let's dive headfirst into ChatGPT. And first, I would just ask if you could explain for everybody, what is ChatGPT? What are these AI-based language models and how can they be utilized in a content marketing standpoint? ChatGPT is the latest version from the OpenAI Foundation. It's GPT 3.5. The current tools that you see outside of that are version 3.0 that don't allow for dialogue and don't allow for importing large volumes of data. The OpenAI Foundation is like a science fiction movie's horrible nightmare because it's Elon Musk, some of the other big or tech was. billionaires. He stepped down, right? He's still involved. Okay. okay. And so the, the folks that, that are involved in this all believe that AI is the most dangerous thing to face the planet. It, more than nuclear war or famine or whatnot. And the, the head of OpenAI was the former founder of Y Combinator. So they know a little something about building and scaling startups. Hmm. And the scary thing is that it's only processed data through 2021. And the next version, G GPT-4, that's coming out in a couple of weeks, is literally a hundred thousand times more powerful. And by next year, you won't even be able to recognize what these different tools are capable of doing. Now, you remember you and I were using tools like Jasper, or other copy AI, these other tools that were all based on basically an, an API interface into open AI. And I, I have a license too, because I got it when it first came out. But all those guys are just marketing layers that sit on top of this AI. Now, AI is moving into something that's called AGI to artificial general intelligence. And that means that instead of tools just for real estate agents, it can be for any kind of business. It can be for yeah. painters. It can be for doctors. It can be for it. it Cause the, the AI has read everything has watched every single video. It Up is so 21 currently. Yeah. Well, but within two or three months, it will be real time, but yeah. you're going to have to pay a little extra for that. Well, and we're already seeing some news with the Bing announcement. So Bing's new search is going to integrate a version of ChatGPT, and there mm -hmm. seems to be some relationship there as well. I, I don't know if you have commentary on that. Well, Bing has always played second fiddle, fiddle to Google, and Google declared a red alert on this. I don't really think that this is a substitute for search. Mm -hmm. It's different. The idea of generative is create something for me or help me think as opposed to search, which is find a particular definitive piece of information or a fact. 
So, so if I wanted, go ahead. So I was saying, so I've been thinking about that a lot. Like I remember listening to a futurist on a podcast several years ago who predicted that within the next few years, AI or some version of AI will be released whereby the need for searching for content on a search bar like Google, for instance, will become obsolete because it will create the content in real time generatively based upon whatever input I put or whatever query I put into Google. However, I've been thinking a lot about this. There are some applications where that's not going to hold true, and I want you to get to those. But for instance, I was um, working on a presentation the other day, and I needed to find a quote that would be able to voice a certain idea. And so I started with Google, quotes about this. And I started scrolling through a labyrinth of not relevant, not the right pages. And so I went to ChatGPT, and I was like, quotes like this. Bam, it gave me a list of eight. And I said, number seven and number eight are more closely what I'm looking for. Give me more like that. Bam, it gave them to me. And in that context, it was a much more useful search. Now, I want to be careful not to get too far into the weeds. But one of the things I wanted to talk about today is how does this just impact the way we use the internet from a search standpoint going forward? People have already realized that the search box is not just a librarian. People, so when I built the analytics at Yahoo like 25 years ago, I was seeing people type into like, you know, how do I kill my wife? Or how do I do the, they're, they're revealing their dirty, deep, dark secrets and they're talking to it like a person because people just like to anthropomorphize. So I don't think that the shift to chat GPT is really all that different because people have, they don't know the difference between the browser window versus a search box yeah. versus chatting with the chat bot or talking to someone at Verizon who's actually, you know, in India somewhere. Sure. So people, there's just an interface box. But now the expectation, because now you can, in your kitchen, talk to Alexa and ask for a recipe and whatnot, there's just the assumed level of intelligence. So all chat GPT does is just take it to the next level where the, it's smarter. And and you know the funny, I'm I'm sort of a conspiracy theorist because when I was at the search engines and I've got a lot of friends at Google and Facebook, we intentionally dumbed down Siri and Alexa. Because they match, because Siri is always listening and Alexa's in your house and the, the microphone's always on. So imagine if Alexa was listening to everything and said, you know, Jason, by the way, I don't think you should say that. I think you should do it this way. Or I can hear it in your voice. You're kind of tired. Are you maybe like stressed out? Maybe here's something you should buy for you being stressed out. So the systems can do that, but they're intentionally being dumb. Siri and Alexa, do you really think Apple's that dumb with Siri? No, they're intentionally dumbing it down because they don't want to creep you out. But now chat GPT opens that Pandora's box where we reveal how much we actually know about people's personalities and what they're feeling. Well, I agree that we're going to see not just ChatGPT when 4.0 comes out. I think there's going to be and there's going to be a huge explosion of the potential of AI and all these other tools. And it's not as if Google hasn't been thinking and dealing with this on their own side of things. I mean, for goodness sakes, they're the ones who really, from my understanding, popularized natural language processing about four or five years ago. And they sort of made inroads for some of the capabilities that exist today. I don't know a whole lot about their BARD system other than that mm -hmm. the name is lacking, but I think we're going to see an explosion of the power of AI and how it can enhance search and so forth. Now, let's flip gears and talk about content for a second. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's watching or listening to this podcast, and I'd be curious what line of work you're in. If you want to drop a chat or in the comments, let us know, like, how are you using ChatGPT? I'd be curious for your marketing standpoint of your business, but I've been using it or see it as a strong tool to assist with content creation and supporting mm -hmm. in that capacity. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages or use cases for ChatGPT in that context? So SEO is the easiest way 
to use ChatGPT because if you're a local service business, then you have to have location service pages and have pages about everything that you do. For example, if you're a personal injury attorney, you have dog bites, car accidents, slip and fall, trucks hit you, Amazon, Uber drivers hit you, all kinds of ways of getting injured. And most small businesses, when you do a site colon website name.com, comes back with 30 or 40 pages instead of 100, 200, 300 some pages. So you can take knowledge that you have, you can take really thin location service pages, pump them in the GPT, uh, chat GPT and say, hey, can you just go ahead and enrich this for a personal injury attorney in Louisville, Kentucky? And it'll populate some really great stuff, but it doesn't contain your stories. It doesn't contain your pictures and things that are first person experience. So a lot of people are using this and it is working on long tail searches. It is working for SEO and Google has even said it's okay to use these AI tools. But you saw that Google made an announcement that they've changed EAT to E-E-A-T. And this is absolutely huge for anyone that is doing anything with AI thinking that they're gonna cheat the system. And we can talk a little bit about what I that will. is and why that's so, so important. So I wanna talk about spam brain. I wanna talk about some stuff, some comments I read on SEO journal. Um, I mm -hmm. wanna go there, but I think I don't wanna glaze too quickly over the comment you made. So if somebody goes yeah. to Google, for instance, and does their website domain colon, which is a query, it's a command on Google that says, show me all the pages of this specific website. There's only like 30 or 40 pages. So the mm -hmm. impact from a local standpoint in terms of helping your Google business profile rank higher would be to really beef out a lot of the pages that are, for the lack of a better word, kind of static. They just describe what you do. So if you're a real estate professional, Dennis, I'm putting you on the spot. What would be some of those pages that you'd want to beef up a little bit with some help from ChatGPT? I'm thinking it's going to be your services page, buying and selling, mm -hmm. those types of pages. What else? Your bio, yep. your blog, yep. about the neighborhood, yep. about other vendors in town that you have relationships with, the best schools, that you support yep. this, the football team, everything to show that you are the community agent, you are well-connected, you know what's going on, you know what home values are, you know, here's other homes that you've sold. Here's other people that are past clients. All you're doing is using the web to enhance and make visible your existing relationships. I'll make this super blunt. When I Google you, I will find almost nothing about you. Now, Jason Pantana has got a lot because you can, you know, he's publishing content like a madman, but Trying. for 99% of real estate professionals, I can find almost nothing about you. I can maybe find your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your website, which, you know, maybe it's controlled by like a Remax or whoever it is. There's almost nothing there. So it's not about ChatGPT. The bigger issue is there's nothing about you. The issue that I had when I was at the search engine was how do I rank something when there's almost nothing available? So right, let me go so back for a second. So yeah. are we detecting something, is there a circular dependency in place? So do you think, we never answered the question, that ChatGPT and AI tools will remove the need for creating content because it will create the no. content on demand based upon search. Let's address no. that first. It enhances existing content. It's a multiplier. Bill Gates says the technology multiplies what's there. You have to start with the seed. So if you have relationships, if you've sold houses, if you have a bio, if you have a track record, ChatGPT will multiply that. But if you're a brand new agent and you have nothing, that, that seed, that's called um, synthetic content. When you start from nothing, yeah. You can't start from nothing. It, it, you know, you, you multiply zero by a hundred, you still have zero. Yeah. So we agree. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of these AI tools because all they do is multiply the advantage. The rich get richer. Okay. And, and I agree with you. 
it's a tool to be leveraged. If you're watching or listening to this podcast and your brand is exploding with the potential of content creation, then make sure to look at our new course, Cracking the Social Code. It's part of our Marketing Pro training platform. And this course in particular is designed to help you level up your skills as a content creator on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, all over the web to get your message heard by more prospective customers. Click the link in the description to learn more. Now back to the show. Next point of debate, if you delve into Quora and Reddit and TikTok and other platforms, there's a lot of people talking about how, no, 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 you don't want to use ChatGPT to create content for your website because Google can detect it and it goes against their spam. It goes, I, there was a comment in an SEO journal article that said, um, content automatically generated with AI writing tools is considered spam by the search engines or by Google in particular. What's your comment to that? I've known Danny Sullivan for over 20 years, and he basically replaced Matt Cutts. And he's very clearly said that it's completely okay to use AI tools. And we've been using tools since day one with the search engines. All this is is just another variation of tools that we've seen forever. So it is not bad to use these tools, but if you use it, and this is what Google said forever, and I believe them because I, I've been speaking at conferences together with them and have meals with them. I believe that if you are using AI tools to try to fool Google, as opposed to to try to give the user a better experience, and you will get nailed. And there are many ways the search engines can detect you. So, give me some elaborate, like how? How do they detect that? Well, there are signatures that are embedded, and all of the queries that you are making are being recorded and can be tied back. How do you think Google deals with spam? Google can, it's it's a lie detector test, right? When, when you have a lie detector, they're looking at how you breathe and how you blink and your skin temperature, there's all these different factors, your IP address and the, the, the frequency you're using certain keywords. You can look at output that comes from ChatGPT or Jasper, any of these ones that are from OpenAI, and you can tell it has a certain way of saying things. Even if you say like in the style of Tom Ferry, and I've tried that, yeah. you can still tell. And also it doesn't, because like a lie detector test, it's a, it's a sliding scale. It's not just like fake or not fake. It's like a percentage. It's like, it's like a grade, a percentage grade. Yeah. So if it doesn't have things like specific stories, or if it, if you're embedding images and that there's no like H card or metadata attached to it, there's all sorts of ways to tell whether there's mixed, whether we're mixing in real content. So what I do is I start with an image or a video. I'll, I'll maybe like a, a video of you and I talking about yeah. something and I'll have chat GPT extrapolate upon that, extend upon that. Same, same. Mm -hmm. But I don't start by having the AI just invent something out of nothing. Like write 10 blog posts about why you should sell your home with us. Like, no. So that's, that's the that's mistake I see a lot of folks making. They think that's what it is, but really it's to mm -hmm. your point, it's an enhancer. So typically when I use ChatGPT, and I'll just give you sort of my use case, and we can talk about how to use it as we circle yep. around this issue of should I, shouldn't I, I typically start with a video transcript. And so I'll, I'll feed it a video transcript of 100, 150 words that, that are my words. And I'll say, uh, rewrite this into a 250 word blog post. And then I'll give it some more commands. I'll say things like speak mm -hmm. in an instructive tone of voice. Don't just explain the video but you wanted to be addition. I'll give it a whole bunch of details and they'll give me the first mm -hmm. output. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just kind of like a potter working with clay. I'll, I'll reprompt it to get a different output. And then eventually I'll get something I can work with. And I typically mm -hmm. tweak it myself at the very end to mm -hmm. 
to make sure I'm satisfied with the final result. I am using it as a collaborator the same way I would argue Tony Stark, not that mm -hmm. I'm Tony Stark, but the same way Tony Stark is collaborating with Friday or Jarvis, not that yeah. I'm Tony Stark. Well, a tool, using a tool is still a tool, is what we like <laughs> to say. You wanna know my process? It's working super well. I'll make it very yeah. practical. So I have a lot of friends that are local service business owners. For example, Tommy Mello runs A1 Garage. He does garage doors. What a surprise. And as he's going about his day and repairing garage doors and training up people and, you know, doing estimates and, you know, buying new vans, he's capturing these moments on his cell phone. Just like, you know, you have an iPhone, you're paying 10 bucks a month for iCloud and you're paying 10 bucks a month for Google Photos and it's automatically going to the cloud. Then our VAs will take that and run it through Descript. Descript turns it into words and allows us to chop it up. Then we use ChatGPT to enhance it. Yeah. So when Tommy Mello rolls up in Phoenix, Arizona to this one lady's house and says, hey, Suzanne, I love your house. Did you know that the garage door is the smile to your house? And then they have this kind of conversation is kind of a behind the scenes thing. Then we run that through Descript and ChatGPT to flesh it out into a full article. But the seed started from a picture. It started from just a few sentences, a 15 second little blurb like, wow, I really like what you're doing here in the garden. And then it talks about Suzanne's garden and whatever. You can use ChatGPT to, it's like adding 4K detail to an old black and white photo. Exactly, exactly. So then do we agree that, just to make sure we're super literal with the listeners and viewers today, Starting with ChatGPT as the source of inspiration is the wrong way to use ChatGPT. That's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. You start with the relationships, you start with photos, or you start with like a podcast. Maybe you're interviewing somebody like here and you take that transcript and you, and you enhance certain sections. Is it also a mistake to use whatever output it resolves at, or do you typically make some own manual adjustments at the very end? So you start with the seed, which is original, you yeah. enhance it, but you always need to have an editor at the end. So think of it as a sandwich, right? The meat can be chat GPT, but you know, we're, we're both sides We're the start, they do the stuff in the middle and we finish yeah. at the end. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I would argue by doing that. I mean, I've read somewhat on this and I brought you on because you're truly an expert when it comes to SEO and just digital marketing as a whole. The word that I have kind of concluded is that currently Google does not really have the ability to detect AI generated content specifically from chat GPT 3.5. It just doesn't have it right now. But the concern I had and the concern I've had other people voice is, well, what if they build out their tools and then you published content now, but six months from now, it starts getting penalized. Do you see a risk along those lines? Well, first off, I believe Google can tell and they're not going to tell how they do it. And it's always been this cat and mouse game with people trying to do SEO. Because I've been on the other side where all these people that do SEO are trying to claim that they know better. Look, SEO has always been a sliding scale. It's not like it's good or bad. You know, that's why the, most stuff out there is gray hat. If you're starting from the seed of your experiences, words you, you have actually said, pictures you have actually taken, and you use ChatGPT to enhance it, like Photoshop can enhance, or you know, Adobe Premiere can enhance video, I think you're gonna be just fine. The people that are getting nailed now, like the helpful content update you've seen that's been rolled out in the last couple months are when they're just straight up generating tons of spam, what's called these thin content pages. Those guys are going first, getting nailed first, and progressively, because now there's gonna be 100 times more content on the internet because people are using these tools, the penalty is gonna be a little higher. The filter power 
for the search engine has to be higher. I'm never worried about that. I have never been worried for the last 25 years ever because we're always staying well ahead. We're not, we're not skirting the line right. of where we get in trouble. We've never gotten in trouble whenever Google's up had any update. Because you're always trying to be helpful. You're trying to make rich quality content consistently. And that's the key. Yeah. There is no yeah. free lunch and it applies to all things in business, including your SEO. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've talked about what is chat GPT? What are language models? Are they going to replace search engines or just enhance them? We both said enhance. We've talked about, is there a penalty for using them? And if so, in what cases is there? And in what cases isn't there? And then what are the best practices for using chat GPT? Is there anything more you would add in terms of, um, I'm a small business owner, I'm a real estate agent, I'm creating content for social media, for my website. Here's how I can be using chat GPT. We talked about beefing up mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of your more, just your traditional web pages, your selling page, your buying page, your products pages, your biography, optimizing for keywords, beefing them up with more content. And then also mm -hmm. for blogging content on a regular basis, using mm -hmm. ChatGPT not as the inspiration, but as the enhancer to your inspiration. Mm -hmm. What else is important for us to know? I think you do a competitive gap analysis. So, you know, real estate is a competitive game because there's, you know, if it's not you, someone else is ahead of you. So what is that someone else doing with their buying and selling? How are they getting their deals? What are they talking about? Look at what they're ranking on and then look at the PAA, right? People also ask. So what are the keywords you want to rank on? If you're not ranking on them, go down a little bit below and Google's including more PAA blocks. Here's what you do. Those PAA blocks, point the camera at your cell phone, at your face, answer those questions in one minute videos, then have chat GPT clean it up because spoken words are never as good when you transcribe it into an article. So literally use chat GPT as an editor to enhance so that every one of those, you understand PAA, yeah. everyone here, like you, you know, you, those are the, all the related searches. Google's telling you what you need to rank on, make a one minute video answering those and let chat GPT clean it up, have your VA or whatnot, add more images and whatnot, just to make it a better article. Then post that to your blog, post a video to YouTube, embed that YouTube video inside that blog post. That's called Google go. stacking, post it to your Google, my business, well, Google business profile, repost it, which is called repurposing to your Facebook and Twitter and all that. And that is complete white hat way, legitimate, not get in trouble way to do things with Google to be able to rank better. Why? Because now in a matter of an hour, you can make 60 videos on, you know, you make a list of all these different topics. You make 60 videos at 60 blog posts. You're already ahead of 95% of all the people out there by having and now you have the tools of chat GPT. So you can yeah. really meteorically expand the amount of content you can output. And what's more, you can also employ the services of VAs or assistants to help you in terms of publishing in different platforms. There's tools. We agree. This is the way, this is the way of content and marketing. literally like your real estate agent think about all the different cities so i'm going to dallas next week and there's dallas and flower mound and plano and irving and fort worth and i'll just say i'll make a one minute video about what i think about each of these cities and then have chat gpt and these uh, you know mid journey and these other tools enhance that and then post it and then repurpose i've never heard anybody talk about repurposing chat gpt is just making words but how about how about all the other kinds? Of, what about turning them into not just blog posts, but YouTube videos? What about using the prompts where, where I ask, hey, what are the seven most common questions people have when they want to get a house near White Rock Lake in Dallas? 
oh, well, is there a lot of traffic? And does the lake stink? Because when the water recedes, it, you know, whatever. And then, then it tells me what I need to make my videos on. So I can use PAA and I can still use ChatGPT to tell me what to make the videos on. Then I make the videos and then I use ChatGPT to enhance it. Bingo, man. Bingo. So I hope everybody listening and watching is in the comments right now saying what they're going to be up to and how they're going to use ChatGPT because this one, I have nothing to add to anything you're saying. It's just flawless. And the opportunity right now, I think this is where people get lost. They get confused by new tools or it's something else to learn. And my argument mm -hmm. is, yes, this is something to learn so that you can do a lot less and get a lot more. ChatGPT is a massive time saver for anybody who's in the realm of content marketing. And I would echo what Gary Vaynerchuk said that everybody who's in business is in the media business. Every single body, every, every person on the planet. And so tools like this are only going to get better and better. Um, I'm super encouraged by the commentary as well, um, just in terms of the future of search and how does this enhance search, not take away from search? How does this continue to make more of a case for content inspired by true content makers, not AI, and publish more on the web. I'm not sure if that thought was making sense or not to you. I think it leads us into more creativity and leadership. Let me explain. Last week I was in Orlando and I gave the keynote speech for several hundred universities that are all worried about AI. Now imagine this, a bunch of school administrators, and they're worried about kids that are cheating on tests I've by using ChatGPT and these other tools. Yeah. So I, I gave the opening keynote to all these universities a week ago, and I told them, instead of trying to find ways to detect whether people are cheating, instead, do this. For example, here's an image someone created in Midjourney. Everyone try to create the prompt to recreate that image. So it causes us to be able to think about how to create prompts, to think about how to be leaders and, and guide other people instead of being a worker. So I said, you guys are all treating these students like they're workers who are trying to memorize things or trying to regurgitate information about the Civil War. Instead, let's, let's go one level up and let's talk about how we program the bots to do the work for us. So what kinds of commands would I issue if I want to write a book on TikTok? How would I like go ahead class, everyone go in, go ahead and type in the prompts on how do we write a book for real estate agents to use TikTok? What are the 10 most common videos they need to make? What kinds of equipment should they have? What kinds of performance can they expect? Who are the top 10 people in real estate on TikTok that we should interview about this? See, that's a higher level of thinking. So my keynote was don't be afraid of the bot. Think about how do we use the bot? So let's train people to be leaders and be able to give directions and treat the bot like a employee, basically. I, I agree. At the end of the day, people are creative. They're inspired with new ideas. They're innovative. And we get so bogged down in the weeds of doing the clerk work, like Seth Godin calls it. Mm -hmm. Now is the best opportunity I've seen in a long time to step out of that kind of work and really move into inspired creative work to level up your yeah. marketing in a way that's never been done before. Okay. We're about out of time, Dennis. I've been super grateful. Any final thoughts about ChatGPT for our listeners and viewers today? Think about ChatGPT as one link in a chain. The beginning of that chain is your relationships, why you got into real estate, what your style is, how you're different than these other folks, why you love Birmingham, Alabama, you know, whatever it might be. That's the initial seed. Then there needs to be some exposition emanation of those relationships and of your experience. That could be making selfie videos, whatever. Then that feeds ChatGPT. It could be 
podcasts that you made from years ago that feeds ChatGPT to understand who you are. I have been for years, the last 10 years, I've been collecting thousands of videos and whatnot on my cell phone waiting for this moment. I've been right. waiting for this day that has happened. And now I've been pumping it into ChatGPT and other tools. I'm using ChatGPT as like a umbrella for all these tools, okay? Sure. Because now the AI is able to take my relationships and I can tell the AI, make a list of the top 10 podcasts that I've been on. And, and figure out who I should interview or you know bring back on my show and what questions I, sh I should ask them, right? So, so then I'm using ChatGPT to advise and create derivative content or enhance my content. Then here's the other piece. Once you've posted it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, your website, whatever, then you've got to boost it like dollar a day. You've got to get, just because right. you're creating content doesn't mean people are going to see it. Same. So you've got to right. have ads. You have to do remarketing against it. You have to collect information. You have to connect it with your CRM. There's all these other things that have to happen after you post the content. I think people are so focused on the shiny object of the AI tool, they forget about the seed of what they put into the tool and then what they do with the output of the tool. It's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. I'm super grateful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight and talking about the best ways to use the tool, how to not be intimidated by the tool, how to innovate with the tool. It's all good stuff. Uh, if this video has been valuable, make sure you share it with somebody else who could really benefit in hearing it so that they too can start leveling up their marketing, their business, their content. Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.